You're listening to The Soju Sessions on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wanton, or simply just Anton, and on today's episode, Max returns to the show, returns to the Soju Talk Nation, returns to K-pop? Yes, uh, Max has been known to take a break from time to time, but he is here on his triumphant return with Wujusonyo Chokome Super Yuppers. And, uh, you know, we get into the absurd, we get into the weird, um, we get into the fun and light of uh, Ujisonyo Chokome, uh, songs like this, and kind of the difference between taking yourself a little too seriously in music and in K-pop, and just being self-aware, and just having fun with it, and playing into the bit. Um, you know, we catch up on life, and can see where Max is at, what he's been up to, what music he's been listening to. And really just a nice starting off point for 2022. Um, you know, kind of looking at the past a bit and then moving forward, you know, hoping for the best, hoping for uh, an exciting year, you know, for him, for myself. Uh, and it was just a nice life catch up um, to have Max back on the show. So, uh, yeah, hope hope you guys all enjoy. Um, we're, we're kind of all over the place in this episode, but I think it's very fitting with uh, how all over the place uh, the Chocome song was. So uh, enjoy. Coming up, my chat with Max on Ujisonyo Chocome Super Yuppers on the Soju Sessions. Joining Soju Sessions and making his return to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, uh, to K-pop in general, um, we have yeah. one, an amazing human being with a deep, sultry, uh, sexy, sensual voice. Ooh. Uh, we have one, Mod Max from the UK. Welcome, Max. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, man. It's been, it's been a minute. How are you? You know, it's been a while. Uh, not doing too bad, obviously. Yeah, back home, managed to get my room set up, so... This is going to be the setup for a uh, for a little while. Maybe it, see it again. It looks great. Um, you know, we have we have the is it a beach towel flag? I thought, oh, that's my that's my curtains. <laughs> curtains. You know, depth perception is a, is a, is a thing. So yeah, my room is very small, so it's it, it looks it looks very spacious from here. I will. Just oh, say of course. That. Uh, just like your heart, and uh, you oh. know, opening it up to all of us here on the show. Mm. So, uh, you know, let's jump into to some some wide open conversations about something very strange this week. Uh, mm. like, um, you know, caused a lot of conversation. Wujisonyo, um, Chokome made their uh, triumphant, triumphant, probably triumphant return uh. with uh, Super Yuppers. This is a subunit of Wujisonyo Cosmic Girls consisting of Luda, Luda, Luddy. Um, depends on who you are. Um, mm. Shout out to uh, the Zondi because uh, it, it's a it's a joke on the server. Uh, Subin, Dayang, and Yerim. So the four of them, um, very very, you know, very attractive, very good looking uh, females for this group. But uh, the the main premise for Chokome is that they are kind of uh, a very high energy, eccentric, um, magic girl type of group where you know it's kind yeah. of a joke but it's very exaggerated it's very intentional um you know mm -hmm. their first song was humph um that that was a trip 
Mm. It was absolutely a trip. Um, they follow it up with this, which is kind of a retro vibe, you know, in the trend, but still very weird, uh, very high pitched kind of song in, in some areas. Max, Definitely. what are your mm. overall thoughts and feelings about Uju Sonyo, Chokome, and Super Yuppers? Well, uh, Super Yuppers is certainly a, a song that was released this year. Um, wh- what the fuck? What the fuck? I I don't have many other ways to put it. Like, it's the it's the so bad that you kind of have to like it, and it's like so cringy and cutesy that it's like endearing at the same time. Musically awful. Could not bear listening to it for the first thirty seconds, and I went, "This is a joke." And then I enjoyed it, and that's just you gotta let go sometimes to uh appreciate the true art form that is super yuppers there's absolutely an art with with this idea of being self-aware with what you're doing Mm. um i think self-aware to the point of it being a joke even to the members um on the Mm. main show they did talk about the song they didn't particularly like the song but they could see the value in k-pop doing fun jokey don't take yourself too seriously releases like this for me um I, I kind of enjoy the high energy eccentric, especially when I know what I'm getting into. Um, mm. Nonsensical music, so it was kind of fire. I still listen to it, um, <laughs> but I also am very aware that um, they are doing things to uh, evoke a very specific type of feeling and emotion out of a lot of people, mm. which is just kind of the weirdness of K-pop. Um, what did you think about the balance with them hitting the trend? of retro using a lot of the synths and keys that have been popularized over the past year, but doing so in a such exaggerated way. It's like genius of some sort, like twisted genius. The Whoever came up with the idea or was creating it was just pulling all of the strings. And it's just so much fun. And it's like really well done. But you can. It got to a point where you kind of couldn't tell that it was a joke, but you knew it was a joke, and that's like the perfect point where, with trends and the um, kind of mockery of the trends, like they mash together. It's it really is good. My question for you, um, with songs like this, um, and kind of the parallel to online communities and niche mm. internet cultures. Um, how do you feel like Super Yuppers um, either is a satire for a lot of that, kind of showing the uh, the community, um, kind of holding up a mirror to the community, in, uh, as much as it is um, music that is legitimately being um, promoted right now on music shows and across uh, all, all radio stations in Korea? How do you feel like those two things run in parallel to each other um, with the international success and the uh, domestic success of a song like this I feel like obviously it's very clearly satire but just because it's satire doesn't mean it can't be an enjoyable song Um, uh, it doesn't there's obviously similarities with a lot of songs that have been popular over the past year or so with a retro trend and why it's not probably as refined or as musically amazing as some of the other songs it definitely holds its own um 
but I don't think I don't think you could go and say, "Oh, this is a terribly made song," because it's not. It's clearly took thought and effort into making something like that, even though it is a it is a bit of a joke. I think from our perspective, because we're um, seeing it from an international lens, it's very niche. Mm. So K-pop is very niche in general. Um, but going even one step further and kind of being a reflection of K-pop, of what people think K-pop is, and then how a lot of that runs parallel with what people think anime is, um, this mm. definitely falls into um, you know being self-aware, uh, being very exaggerated. And then if somehow Western markets see this, I don't know how, because uh, I don't think it's something that's very popularized in that sense. But this is one that they point to as, oh, it's K-pop doing a weird thing again. Mm. Um, I think for in a, in a good way. Um, all, all this to say, I think the strength of the song and the reason why it was so popular on the server specifically, um, because Wuju Sonya is the characterization and kind of the depths of a fandom um, that... You know, I don't know how we all congregated and, and grew to, to this degree, um, but what are your thoughts on how this song became really successful and popular on the server specifically um, with the fan base at Soju Talk? Well, we've got a bit of a cult for uh, Cosmic Girls on the server as people have become more and more aware. And obviously, with the fandom, you're obviously going to take everything with a pinch of salt, and you may not like the song as much if it was made by one person, but you've got obviously the bias, even if it's not intentional, and you will like it more. It like the only reason this song worked at all is because it had a fan base beforehand. If that was the first song they ever released, you wouldn't be able to tell it was satire. You wouldn't be able to. Well, you probably could, but still, it's not the same degree, and you wouldn't have the same level of support because it's been a commercially successful kind of venture, hasn't it? Uh, with Chokamei. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wuji Sonya definitely has that, that backing of you know, a strong fan base. I think even domestically, they're just well known. Um, all the members mm. do a number of things um, across Korean entertainment, whether that's acting, variety, um, or even how popular they are with um, the subunits. Um, mm. But I think all of this kind of culminated into, let's do it again. You know, they did Hump <laughs> in 2020. It, it feels like that song came out 10 years ago when in reality it's less than two years ago i don't i don't understand i just i, no, I went weird. back and and watched it and that song really pushes kind of the boundary mm. of my brain right um the crew went on to uh to kind of discuss the song you know they use the number of metaphors um mm. the number of food metaphors with uh chicago of pizza course. being a little too much a little uh too too deep dish with uh what is too much sauce, too much cheese, too much bread. And, you know, this song being a little too much, how do you feel like the song sits on the scale of a meme versus the merits and qualities of a song itself? I think without the meme, the song would not stand up. It's too too much of something, like obviously the, the pizza analogy. But the combination makes it work because if it was purely a meme and it wasn't made well it would be terrible and if it was no meme at all it would just fall completely flat so they go hand in hand i will say they so doug did mention um humph previously mm. the previous release and that being 
that having a killing moment. I I think okay this this is I, I don't want to analyze the song too much because I don't think the song <laughs> is is one of those art pieces that you you have to detail. But right. I think there is something very valuable in Humph, even as weird as it was. Uh, if if you've seen it, if you watched it, if you if you listen to the song at least a handful of times, you know exactly that killing moment. Um, in the chorus, I'm not gonna sing it because I just one I don't want to offend anyone's ears. Oh, please do. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> with this song in particular, I do think the, the music quality of the song is that it is hitting a lot of the retro beats that we've heard. So it's a very fluid song. There is no one killing moment, but it feels like the song kind of vibes throughout. Um, vibes used very loosely here, of course. Of course. Um, and. With all that, I'm a very visual person, so I love the music video. I like the way things are kind of incorporated. Um, how do you feel like the music video came together with using a lot of the themes of a superhero, saving the day, doing good, um, but also essentially being magic girls in anime? Uh, I think that's something they're leaning into. Yeah. But, but you know, you know, they transform and they do things. How did that all hit you, Max? It reminded me of like an anti-bullying campaign like being bad is wrong you shouldn't do stuff like steal someone's food or whatever it was like that and it was just you shouldn't it, overeat you shouldn't uh, steal someone's car i don't i don't know what they, they, they were trying to do it was uh, my brain is simply not large enough to comprehend the true majesty of the art piece before me, but it obviously you got the little kind of very anime kind of costumes, the superpowers. It fit the kind of theme perfectly and made it like clear that this is what they were going for. I don't know how many more songs you can make like this. So, well, you know, you'd be surprised. So, <laughs> um, you know, but in all seriousness, <laughs> I do think this is one of those songs that does help distinguish, you know, different periods within a year of K-pop, right? Mm. Um, because if you took December or January as one period, um, we we had holiday music. We also had a lot of R and B inspired music, very chill, very mellow, wintry type songs. Um, and then coming into this week, we had Wuwa, um, excellent kind of K-pop, traditional K-pop mm. song. Um, and then last week we had Kepler. Um, and now mm. I don't I don't think well, this is the first entry of the meme, joke, fun, really yes. lighthearted music of the year. Um, and I think there is value in that as far as being something different, as far as being something K-pop is known for. Um, and I think as long as you kind of have fun with it, you don't take it too seriously. I think we're going to be okay. Um, I think that's the reason that I would personally think this song is better than the Kepler song. Ooh, because that, that is the thing. I don't like the Kepler song. I think it's pretty bad. But this song knows it's bad and plays into being bad, and hence I like prefer it as a whole piece. So that I, kind of goes I, to speak about how meme songs can actually be more enjoyable. I have to follow up. So... With this song being very self-aware and the Kepler song, uh, there are elements of it where I do feel like they're playing into uh, certain themes. Mm. I think they're taking themselves a little too seriously. What yeah. about those moments, uh, particularly the O-O-O part, um, that just did not work for you? It's just my... On the Kepler song, I don't think 
the I'm very against the kind of noisy choruses repeating certain noises and phrases and random sounds. It just you're trying to be so serious while saying this ridiculous stuff. If you're gonna say ridiculous stuff, be ridiculous while doing it. So yeah, and I think that's the line, right? I think there is definitely a line of taking yourself seriously with a clear direction. That's what I'm, yeah. what I'm trying to get at where um, I think the production of the song takes itself seriously in the sense that it knows exactly what it wants to be from start to finish, where there are moments of certain songs, not necessarily the coupler song that evolve into being memes, but that was not the original intention. <laughs> um, and then you have kind of this, this push and pull of whether or not the song is good or bad um, because the, the context always matters. Right. Um, yeah. Now let's move on to, to just you know general fun in K-pop because I know we you know we're we're um, you know we're we're feeling a kind of way with this Chokeme song, but there are a number of examples in the past of songs that have um, that are made specifically for being fun, being meme-y, um, but also that kind of evolved, kind of like we talked about, into uh, a joke. Um, I'm gonna run a, through a couple of them. Um, mm. Well, let's start with this one. So we have Rain with Gang. You know, it ultimately turned into a meme that everyone kind of enjoyed. Um, but I, I recently rewatched the uh, the summary by DK, I think it's DKTV, of how mm-hmm. that song became a meme. And Rain yeah. took himself incredibly seriously when he first released it. He thought he was fire. Um, in comparison to a Chokame song um, and songs similar to this, how do you feel like that? Uh, it, it, I, I'm lost. I'm lost. Words. How do you feel like Rain's song Gong uh, compares to songs that are intentionally trying to be funny um, in, in the scope of, you know, how K-pop is received? I think if it's intentionally trying to be funny and people are in on the joke and people are like, everyone's in on it, it would be like, oh, this is fun. It's a bit of a harmless thing. But if you release Utter just trash and it's a joke and then you stick by it you you then become like an issue and then you as a person become a joke so obviously he eventually kind of picked up that it was like oh this song isn't actually that serious we'll mess around with it a bit and then remixes and stuff but for that the period of time when he thought it was like oh i'm spinning bars and stuff like that it one of the worst things i've ever seen I did not remember how bad it was until I rewatched the video a couple times this week. Wow. That's all I got. I mean, well, because the idea is that he, he made this with the intention of thinking that he's going to make a super fire like, hip hop trap song that fits yeah. the trends. But ultimately, he was behind the trends in so many ways, whether that was the music production or the lyrics, or the visual presentation, the, the camera movement he thought was really cool, which in a vacuum maybe but that's also a very dated way to kind of film uh choreography and mm. i think the 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 uh the tipping point of all of that um at least had him reflect on his choices and i think that's where it kind of turned into a very charming moment for him where i was like okay yeah i, I did something ridiculous and in a lot of ways it kind of turned his career at that point not not to say that rain was was struggling but no, we we all know Rain now in a totally different light. Had he yeah. just 
thought that he was spitting fire in bars. Um, I'm going to run through a couple of other uh, examples um, and, mm. you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. So we did have uh, yeah. Humph from 2020. Um, we also yeah. had Oh My Girl with uh, Banana. Ban- Banha. Uh. Yes, the, the subunit with Binny, Arin, and Hyojin. Got it? I, I always so? mispronounce her name. Uh, I apologize. Uh, the leader of Oh My Girl uh, with Banana oh. Allergy, uh, Gugudan with Chokoko. Um, and then we have Orange Caramel, who their entire history is just to do these meme type songs with Catalina, I think, being the most popular one. Um, Definitely. If you've never seen that music video, uh, just know Sushi. Mm. That's all. Um, and then we have, of course, the king himself, Sai, Gundam style, uh, global, international um, yeah. success. Um, and then followed up by Gentleman. Not the same level of success, but you can definitely tell that that's oh, his lane. Um and you know i respect that and then we have yeah. kind of the uh, the modern weirdness that somehow makes it into uh the consciousness of korean entertainment every now and then we have narazo all right so kind of running through all of those really quickly um what do you see are kind of the similarities and patterns with a lot of those types of releases and kind of the differences that would have very specific songs pop off more than others. You got to like lots of the songs, especially by girl groups are super cutesy, like toxically sweet when it comes to it. And then there's like a fine line of how far you can go. Like the limits are pretty high, but you have to stop yourself before you reach a certain point. Like obviously the first Jokome song was like a lot, a lot. Like you were saying just earlier, cannot comprehend it kind of stuff banana allergy masterpiece joke of a song still amazing and Catalina is obviously everyone knows it. it's an amazing eh, amazing song's a bit generous but you still it's fun it's enjoyable we'll listen to it sometimes but i think the clipability like the five second clip of a part of the song being really funny or unique that's what will like define how popular or how famous a meme song is gonna get because you have to get the clicks you have to get the likes and especially with tiktok now you have that really short window and that's what will blow up yeah um it's kind of fun reflecting on a lot of these songs i think most of well i think the the orange caramel song is about eight years old gotham style is 10 years old this year yeah that's wild um again rewatching that music video today uh, it's it's dated <laughs> a lot of the cinematography definitely. choices definitely feel like it was from 10 years ago the song sounds like an edm song from that like 2000s peak of a uh, very what's that group um shoot party rocking uh, 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 oh um LMFAO, yeah yeah um yeah so it's, it's very much peak lmfao sounding edm yeah but my god the, the characterization i think is what carries si- carried Sai into popularity oh, and success um and i think that is the case with all of these artists right it's how well are they received by the general audience how well is their message seen and understood mm. and then how do they carry that into um any number of appearances and the ways that they that we access them right and i think that's what yeah. separates not only these songs as being popular but these songs with kind of the international market and westerners right i think 
because they know that they're being silly, absurd, and ridiculous. Um, it helps to let people in on the joke, and there is a level of level levity with everything. Um, yeah. Overall, um, you know, my question for you, Max. Um, you know, with with meme songs like this, and you know, what where's the line? You know, between a joke that you know it's a joke, everyone's in on it, and then a song where it's like, oh, this guy thinks he's making fire, or this group, or this artist. And then uh, it, it, it's just not working. Well, where's the line for you? Um, I think the line needs to be shown by the artist in the video. Because obviously in the songs, you can't always tell if it's a joke or if it's serious. But if the video is like clearly satirical or super excessively bubbly, like the Doopy Uppers, you can tell. But like... Obviously, Gang Now is a joke, but serious video, which was just awful. You, he didn't see the line. He tried. He crossed it without trying. Um, I don't know if there's like any advice I'd be able to give on like how to not do it. It's just be self-aware. Don't be stupid, and maybe get a couple people to listen to it before you release it, so you don't get mocked by the public. I think those are all very um, pointed pieces of advice. I think you can even extrapolate that into uh, other areas of your life. Um, definitely hearing other opinions, um, and helping people, helping, letting other people help you uh, as far as guiding yeah. your choices in life is always a good thing. For sure. Um, you know, kind of, you know, with, with all this like talk of just strange music and fun, like how do you feel like K-pop should lean into fun music like this? more or in, in a lot of ways like why is k-pop so uniquely prepared or qualified or has the unique ability to do this as opposed to western music i think a lot of the time western artists tend to take themselves quite seriously not always obviously with a lot of interesting stuff and jokes and stuff but with this genre kind of built on this persona these idols put out and obviously very public friendly child friendly you can you can push them a bit easier to be appealing to younger younger people because they're already appealing to younger people in that kind of way so i think just the way in which they present themselves makes it easier for this stuff to become super successful i don't think it's anything about the fan base particularly because obviously western markets ate up stuff like gangnam style and shit like that so it doesn't really matter who it is it, uh, consuming the content it's more about the person and their willingness to, uh, willingness to make themselves less seriously yeah i think for me the way that k-pop i think has always been perceived is it's this offshoot of asian culture right um mm. it's i mean i think a lot of the introduction to asian culture for a lot of people in the west um and even myself i Asian, but I grew up in the United States. Uh, was anime, was cartoons, um, mm. and that is specifically based in Japanese culture. And then you slowly learn that other Eastern cultures look, sound, feel similar, even if they mm. are very different. Korea and Japan, very different. Um, yeah, long history between both of those countries, but a lot of similarities with how they were eventually exported to the United States or exported to other countries, right? Um, and I think 
with K-pop and Eastern Eastern media in general, I think there is a cultural touch point with how they tell jokes, right? Yeah. Where it's it's very self, maybe not very, but there is a self-deprecating nature to how the jokes are um, are executed, and then how are these? What what is the purpose of the joke? Right? It's to bring people in. So then they can kind of reflect like, oh, yes, I can be or am just as absurd and ridiculous. And I think that yeah. is kind of the, uh, the the beauty in a lot of things like this, specifically with, with Chokome. Um, you know, I just I, I would be remiss if I if I just didn't shout out kind of the members of Chokome because they mm. are doing God's work. Um, the main Maybe, show yeah. did say that I think they're having a hard time keeping it together uh, i think dayang is the one who has the uh the the talking part where she talks like oh, an anime yeah. character um and then anita pointed out that she when she did it on stage she she laughed she couldn't keep it together yeah, I don't blame because it's it's absolutely ridiculous um it's it's hilarious first of all um and again kind of that nebulous blurring of like is it was was this anime inspired was this is this just something that asian cultures do um but again i don't think it's something that we should the the why or the how isn't so important it's it's kind of the why and the nature of it mm. um and i think it's the joke right i think that's ultimately the joke yeah um so yeah dayang blonde hair dayang it's just there's something about it um leda shout out to her leda luda Luddy, um, again, I I think Zondi is is causing me problems with this pronunciation. So, uh, goddamn it, Zondi! Absolute menace. Um, Subin, uh, she looks great in her pigtails. Um, and my bias wrecker, Yedem, blue hair. Um, I am an XE bias because I love Ujisonya the Black. But this Chokome situation is just causing me so much conflict, so much, so much crisis. Um, but yes, shout out to those four girls because um. One, great to see them um, coming back with another project with music because I think the last Ujisonya release was um, Unnatural. And that yeah. was quite a long time ago. That was ha- over half a year ago. Um, Something like that. And then The Black came out a little, a little after. Now we got, we got some other things. So it's good to see the girls are working. Um, you know, let's kind of end our K-pop discussion there because I do think, you know, as is as as with life, you kind of just want just enough of it, and I think with Chokume, we got just enough to 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 keep us uh, entertained and having fun. But I think if we got yeah. if we, if we got like five, ten songs of Chokume, I think that would have been a little too much. I think two was the right amount. So I think we're just gonna end a little Chokume discussion there. With that said, Max. Hello, sir. Yeah. Um, it's Hello. been a minute since since we've had a, a chat. Um, I know we talked offline um, or off recording that you know you yeah. ebb and flow between K-pop and trying to um, in, engage in other other things, right? What are yeah. some other things that you know have kept you going over the past few months um, away from K-pop? Anything and everything. I've been obviously listened to a rap lot in the past. Talked about that here. But obviously R and B, leaning back more into pop, a little bit more of this kind of rockish sound. Just trying to find a new sound for myself as I've grown up and obviously moved back home, not in university anymore, and just trying to not quite new year, new me, but new situation, new outlook. 
Continuing the journey, sure. right? Yeah, keeping it keeping it rolling. Um, what other music have you listened to? What other artists have uh, really stuck out to you over the past few months? Um, so I've been enjoying a lot of Frank Ocean, Tyler the Creator, uh, like Halsey's new album a lot. Been going back to some other artists like uh, Taylor Swift. So 1989, love that album. Obviously Kendrick, J Cole, those artists diaries always really enjoy um i don't think it was anyone else out of the ordinary but i think that list sums up how i've been going oh a little bit of a pink pantheress the very hyper pop person who's been blowing up on tiktok a lot over the past year all right i got i got so, two two things i need to follow up on so with taylor swift's album being the yeah. moment of the year for everyone emotionally yeah. You know, give me give me your emotional journey with that album. How did it hit you, and what similarities did you feel about the emotional journey that she took you through that everyone else felt? Um, and how did it differ from your experience? Oh, I remember Red was released when I was quite young. That's 2010, 2012, was it? I think about, uh, yeah, about 10, over 10 years ago now. Yeah, definitely. So I was a child at that point. Because I was, you were talking about Gangnam Style being released in 2012. I was nine, which is still ridiculous to me. So obviously, heard the songs on the radio. You didn't really take in the lyrics. And as I've grown up, and obviously with this new version being released, and all too well, the 10 minute song being released, it's definitely a lot more emotionally kind of understandable. Kind of now understand the meanings behind the words rather than just singing along for fun. But. I was never a massive fan of the that album, but with this new kind of version and new kind of outlook on it, it's definitely re- I've gone up in my rankings of how much I enjoy it as a whole kind of art piece. You said a lot of things about the album and how it's grown. Do you feel like the the decade between the original release and this release, um, even though they're kind of there are songs that she's resung, but also kind of newer mm. interpretations of those songs. Do you feel like that's also um, kind of a parallel to her own life and how coming of age stories occur universally um, in the sense that, you know, you changed, I've changed in the past 10 years. Um, and are those journeys very similar in the sense, you know, maybe not in the sense of what Taylor Swift's gone through, but in her artistic expression of what it means to grow up over a 10-year period yeah i mean there's definitely you can tell there's a lot more i don't know it feels much more refined the music feels much more her rather than the label because obviously she's left her label and it's now she has complete correct a direct like creative control and you can now fully understand the meaning of why she wrote the songs why she wanted it produced that way and it's Kind of more, I don't know if it's maturity as a person, but definitely a factor, but definitely maturity as an artist and definitely coming into her own with her later albums as well. And this is kind of a look back, but still moving forward at the same time. It's very fitting for the start of the year. So that's a great yeah. phrase, a look back and moving forward. Um, moving forward into a genre that is is just, I, I don't really understand it yet. I'm probably just way too old. I mean, 90 is very tough. I, I'm so I apologize oh, to all the listeners. Um, Hyperpop, and yes. the artist you mentioned earlier. Can you describe it to me? 
please, for some for, for a 90-year-old who just doesn't understand, explain. I'm very not very versed in hyperbob either, but I've just heard this person. I was like, wow, this is unlike anything I've kind of heard before. It's like this psychedelic kind of fast, upbeat, very short songs. They're like one and a half minute, two minutes tops. And even though they're this kind of mishmash of kind of almost it's, it's not chaotic but it's like controlled madness is I, a terrible way of describing it but that's kind of how i think it think of it and it's just something about it is so addictive and the sound is super catchy and she's the pink panther has been massively blowing up because of it and i can see this becoming a massive trend in the near future with more people picking up that kind of style because obviously you've got the short songs good for radio but super addictive everyone wants the plays everyone wants the clicks and with more of this it would go really well but i think it can be a market that's very oversaturated very quickly you mentioned the short songs um is that typical of Hyperpop, or is that specifically her style of song production? I'm not sure as a whole, but definitely hers. I think there was a kind of famous thing that she did a seven-minute concert with like four or five songs. Because she doesn't have that many songs. She's a young English artist. Um, well, she, at least she's in England. And then she, I remember, I think this is before maybe she released her album, but she has maybe 10, 11 songs as a whole. And so turned up seven minute concert when I'm that's, that's kind that's of incredible. Um, that's I, crazy. Pink Panther S everyone. Um, check them out. Check her out. Um, I'm yeah. very curious now because I, I think we've heard the phrase, the genre hyper pop for over a year now, a little over a year. And I still have not been able to nail down either an artist or a style um, or even take on hyper pop that I don't feel like is um, an offshoot of something else. So of course, yeah. Espa is what always comes to mind. Yeah. But I still think that's K-pop. That's K-pop with hyperpop yeah. influence. But I can't tell you what the hyperpop elements are. All I know is that they're doing Ooh. K-pop things within this uh, this categorization of hyperpop. So yeah. I, I, I'm curious now. I will check out Pink Panther. They're doing the thing. They're doing the thing. It sounds good. That's all that matters. Sounds good. <laughs> Whatever the genre might be. Yeah. And they, they look great doing it. Um, yeah. You know, closing, closing things out. Um, you know, a little life check-in with you. How, yeah. how have things been going outside of the internet, outside of K-pop, outside of music? Um, I know you're, it's January, start of the new year. Yes. You're back start home, um, you know, yep. working on some new things. Where do you stand today? Uh, how are you feeling, Max? I'm not doing, not doing too bad at the moment. I think hoping this year is uh, better than the last, obviously, as you always do. Um, obviously not in uni anymore, but job searching is not the most enjoyable but also gives me a lot of free time to do traveling so i've got plans throughout this year going on holiday next week not even next week in three days um so that's something fun i'm obviously i'm going to montreal the grand prix with uh shinboy in june super like super excited for that kind of stuff but now that i'm like an adult and i don't have these restrictions the only kind of limit is the money, which is a shame, but we'll get there. And uh, the freedom is nice. So feeling hopeful, which is, uh, which is new. 
Oh, that's excellent. Um, first of all, amazing that you're taking this opportunity to travel. I think that is something that, you know, oftentimes adults, p- people later in their life always talk about wanting to see the world more. Um, it's very rare that, you know, when you have the opportunity that you take it or you feel like, at least me personally, things have to align perfectly. Like I have to have mm-hmm. uh, this amount of funds and then I have to have everything planned out um, when Ultimately, you kind of just have to roll with it. You have to make plans, yeah. hope it sticks, and then if it doesn't work out, you move on. Um, seeing Shinboy in June. Um, yeah. Go into that a little bit more. Um, the Grand Prix. Um, where is it at? Um, what's wh- What are the festivities, and how many days are you guys going to be uh, celebrating? So, obviously, you've got the Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal, and as a joke, we kind of went, oh, we should go to a Grand Prix next year. And then Shin was like, Montreal Grand Prix. It's closer to him than the course of the Americas, I believe. So I was like, I'd be down to go. And then it just kind of happened. And now I have flights booked and we have tickets and we have an Airbnb booked. So for the first time in my life, I'm going to be leaving the continent of Europe to meet a man I've never met in my entire life to then drive for seven hours to another country to watch cars go fast. Not how I pictured my year going, but I'm not complaining. I think I'm going to be there for six days. The Grand Prix is going to be three days. And I'm going to be spending some time in uh, New Jersey and I'll probably be chilling in New York for a while as well. There is a beautiful metaphor in all of this where you're going to see a race and it's the pace of life, right? Where you're deciding yeah, this year, you're just going to go. Um, whether that's, you know, the travels you're doing locally um, or like you said, literally leaving a continent to see someone who you've never met in real life. Um, yeah. But I do also feel like, and I always want to reflect on this, that the Soju Talk Nation, the Discord server, um, has this has been this safe place for people to find uh, connection and i think yeah that's, that's cool. kind of just a beautiful thing where you know we've interacted with each other so much over the past two years mm. but ultimately we've never met but i do feel like we're all friends yeah. in a lot of ways uh, so it does kind of in, in a weird way like simulate this this school setting where we're all um in this central hub mm. and then talking to each other kind of but then you know different channels different classes i don't know it's just uh, it's it just, just, just yeah you know man um no that's excellent that's amazing um you know i i hope you guys have a lot of fun i hope the world calms the f down because i thought we were out of this i yeah. was just i was just doing my i was living my life in october november december you know hearing some things about people catching covid you know the omicron the Megatron, the Deceptic, I don't even know anymore. Um, uh, and now people are afraid to go out again. Um, I've had some yeah. friends who are just like, no, I'm going to stay back inside my house. I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, I have plans. I have trips this year. So I hope to Got to hold them. Hope they hold out, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Max, this is a, an excellent, a beautiful catch-up conversation. Um, thank you so much for joining. That's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's, uh, you've enlightened me with a lot of things. And I think, you know, it, it's good to have these types of talks once in a while where we zoom out from the 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 passion of K-pop. So I do feel like there is, um, you know, there is a line 
you know, I think lines are something we've been talking about a lot today. Um, yeah. And kind of want to end this um, conversation asking you, with K-pop fandom, with fandoms in general, um, we have two sides of the coin. We have obsession and we have passion, right? Um, can you describe kind of you seeing that line and how um, one could be weary or one could be cautious not to fall too far on either side of the passion and obsession spectrum. It feels like the kind of passion and obsession around this kind of stuff. It's a very, I don't know, the genre, at least in the kind of fandom, inspires a lot of passion and it leads often to obsession. But things can be good in moderation, but at least in obsession, I believe it gets kind of a little bit unhealthy quite quickly. So I think... And obviously too much passion is also a little bit dangerous. But I don't know if that's a thing I've kind of experienced as much, at least with uh, people I've interacted to in this kind of sphere. Um, the When uh, something you enjoy becomes your personality trait, that's when I believe something's gone too far. And I hope I never reach that point. Uh, I think you're able to self-reflect um, and be introspective on a number of things, whether that's internally or externally. Um, and even if you do get to the point, um, I think you're also open enough to allow people in to help guide and navigate yeah. all of the things. Um, and I think that's what kind of makes you a very uniquely uh, wonderful human being. And I appreciate all the time that we've spent and uh, you know, been, been able to talk and hang out over the past two years. Um, I've never met you. But we do this all the time, no. so it's kind of great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> all right, man. Well, again, much appreciation for you, Max. Welcome back to uh, to the show. Um, we're going to have you on Thank for you. a lot of other yeah. stuff, so just stay tuned, yes. everyone. Um, let, let's sign out there. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Soju Sessions on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and Continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-Pop Podcast Discord. For Max, I'm Crispy, and this has been the Soju Sessions.